Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Fumaroski Podcast, powered by Power 88 Deem Radio, along with Fans Only Sports Network. I am your wonderful host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, CJ Medeiros. Adam will be out tonight, so it's just going to be us tonight. CJ, how you doing? You know, I, I'm doing just fine. You know, it's always great when you and I do up so together. We, I think we have good chemistry. You know, we have fun. Yeah. We we always like to have fun on this show. We It's it's always a pleasure to work with you, CJ. Yeah, man. You're you're mm-hmm. a darn good host, too, my, my guy. Oh, stop. I mean, <laughs> I am, but stop. Can never be no, can't be an Adam right. I'm never that. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. Mm-hmm. All right, but we do have a good show for you guys tonight. Me and Ed, me and CJ have put together our top 10 teams heading into the offseason. Something tells me this will be a debate or a heated discussion, but, but we'll see depending on how we view teams around the league. So let's get into it. CJ, who's your number 10 guy? All right, all right, all right. Kicking us off at number 10, I am putting the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. Now, now, already from here, I can hear the cheeseheads crying. So allow me to explain. Your roster took a step back. There is really no way to sugarcoat that. I mean, Rodgers is fine. Your running game's fine. But you lost Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Equinemius St. Brown in free agency. That's like three of your top four receivers. Uh, your O-line's going to be decent. Uh, and also, you lost to Darius Smith and Devontae Campbell on defense. Those are like that's huge. Darius Smith was literally like arguably your best pass rusher for the last few seasons. And Devondre Campbell was like a huge addition for you last year. I mean, I'll grant you that um, you know, Rashawn Gary's pretty good and they drafted two rookies on defense, but I'm not sure about like how they can just step in, you know? I mean, but I the only saving grace I'll say is that Jair Alexander's coming back, but yeah. I just on paper, they are they certainly took a step back. If you still have Devontae Adams and company, you're probably looking at five or six, but I don't know. Like I said, just I mean, on paper, they're still fine. You know, the running game, Aaron Rodgers and Jair Alexander and their left tackle Bakhtiari helped them on paper like immensely, but I just think they lost a little too much. Okay. First off, uh it's I believe I agree with you that they are a top ten team. I think our rankings just a little bit disagree on it. I don't think it's going to be a gigantic step back as you're proceeding because I still think Aaron Rodgers can make do with what he has, even though it is a significant loss on the offensive side of the ball when a guy like Devontae Adams leaves to go to another team. So they will have to find production in other ways, but I don't think it'll be as bad as we're like thinking it will be because. I remember when Aaron Rodgers had to make do without Devontae Adams, and he did just fine. So if you ask him to do a game manager style of offense, he can do it and make it look successful. I believe he'll be a serviceable, if not better than average quarterback, but without his weapons, we'll see. But what about the defense? The defense is what I'm about to get to. That defense improved. They got DeAndre, I want to say Devontae Wyatt, Georgia Georgia D tackle, embrace the front seven. Quandre Walker, an athletic linebacker, which they desperately need. So Quay, Quay Walker shouldn't even been taken in the first round. You and I both know it. I agree with that. I believe he was a second round pick. But again, but do I, you really think he's going to come in and replace Devondre Campbell's production? I don't believe he'll replace it, but I believe he'll take up some of it. 
they'll look in other areas. But the way I see it, it's the secondary. They have Adrian Amos, I'm going to say Darnell Savage, and now Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. Adam has been hammering on this desk about Eric Stokes, and for good reason. He had a good rookie year. And with somebody like Jair Alexander, who will be taking on the number one corner, and he'll be on the number two, uh, I'm sorry, number one wide receiver, he'll be taking on the number two wide receiver. And I like my chances with that because I believe he was a serviceable corner, if not a good corner for the Green Bay Packers while Jair Alexander was out. And I believe he'll continue that going into year two, unless he has like a sophomore slump of something like that, which is why I believe they're still a top 10 team, not like one of the back half. I believe you'll see where I put them. Yeah. My number 10 is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, the reason I have them number 10 is because they have talent everywhere, everywhere. The big question mark is the wide receiver spot and the quarterback spot. Debo Samuels, I'm iffy on, not for production reasons, but because will he want to play for the San Francisco 49ers again? So I'm a little bit iffy about can uh, Brandon Ayuk become the number one that they thought he could be and take over his production? I'm not sure. I've seen flashes in his rookie season and sophomore season. We will, That remains to be seen. But again, he has the ability to do it. And as far as the quarterback position, it – it's affirmed by Cal Shanahan today that they have this is now the Trey Lance's era as the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. I wasn't that impressed with him as his rookie for his rookie season. I wanted to see a little bit more, but again, Jimmy Garoppolo was ahead of him. And with the limited reps he had, it wasn't all impressive in that he showed flashes here or there during preseason and the regular season. I just it was something to be desired. I can't specify what it is, it's just something I felt missing. But hopefully, now that he has a year under his belt, now that hopefully the offense starts to slow down for him in a Kyle Shanahan-led offense, he may not have to do all these big-time throws. He can rely on that heavy running attack style that Kyle Shanahan adopts, pass the ball to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and hopefully Debo Samuel, and let that defense on the other side of the ball with Nick Bosa, Tariq Armstead, and a litany of all the other players like Fred Warner do the work. And I still believe they are a playoff contending team. I'm not sure if they'll make the NFC championship team like they did last year, but they're still a top 10 team worthy of, you know, their ranking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I have, I, uh, I, I have them on there. I, I obviously don't have them at 10, but uh, you, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. Mm-hmm. But you, you understand where I'm coming from with it. Yeah. yeah like, I, I get it. I get it. Where do you see Trey Lance? Like as far as like, for the team is it a positive over jimmy or is it a negative or is it just neutral uh i'll i'll tell you when we get there i can't spoil it my fault all right so what's what's your number nine my number nine is the dallas cowboys all right that that's just that's ah oh just just hear me out sunshine Uh, go all right go ahead all right i'm listening I don't know whether you think they're too high or too low or, like, why why the dramatic sighing? Let's uh, uncover that first. The same way you talked to me before we got started is the same way I feel about them now. I take intangibles into the team, not just talent, and for some reason they just – they're on my list, but it begrudges me that they're on my list. Yeah, same. I know. But, okay. 
Dak Prescott, very good quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, dangerous. And, you know, Dalton Schultz, darn good tight end. But here's where my concerns. Your wide receiver room, you have C.D. Lamb, all right? Mm -hmm. Now you have Michael Gallup coming off a grievous leg injury. Not mm -hmm. to, And you have a mm, – you got that one fella that they drafted. You, you know the one. The one from, like, what was he, from South Alabama? Somewhere like that? You know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. I just can't think of another Jalen something, maybe? We'll figure I, it out. I don't know, but, but yeah, but so you got that rookie too. Uh, you got Schultz, but also the O line. You have Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, and 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 what really? You lost Lyle Collins to free agency. Uh, Tyron Smith's wait, is he still on the team? Tyron Smith, I think he is. Yeah, Tyron Smith is still there. Yeah, but he's getting up there in age, and he's injury prone. And I hate to say it, but Zach Martin, arguably the best guard in the league, he's either one or two. He's also getting up there. And and the defense. Uh oh well then again, I, I'm I'm being a bit too harsh because they drafted uh Tyler Smith from Tulsa yeah. for some reason. He shouldn't have gone in the first round, but that's neither here nor there. Uh I mean you have Demarcus Lawrence on defense, who even when he was healthy, he was like a non-factor last year. Their D-line doesn't excite me, but they do have Micah Parsons at linebacker, and maybe Leighton Vanderesh can turn the corner and show his rookie year self. But in the secondary, you really just have uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs, really. And that guy is an enigma. He really is. You can't figure him out. He's uh, you know, he's either going to grab a pick six or he's going to get burned for a 50-yard touchdown. There's no in between. But look, but the talent, like I said, of Dak and the running game and CD, you know, that, that puts him in the top 10. But I, I don't know. Plus, also, you have to keep in mind uh, – they're not going to play up to the, their full potential due to the curse of Mike McCarthy. So, I, I don't know. But, but from a pure talent standpoint, they're certainly top ten. Yeah, the talent standpoint, they're top five, arguably, just by the names of Dak, Ezekiel, Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Parsons. And Yes. Debatably. I don't – my problem with him is – I the amount of like yards he gives up in coverage, mm -hmm. but that's just that's because fair. he plays a lot of man. So I'm not sure if I can be like, that's, he's an enigma to me, but I'm not as harsh as I thought I was. It's just, if he tones it down on the coverage, I mean, on the yards given up, then he'll be fine. All right. But how about them boys? How about them boys? <laughs> My number nine is going to be an AFC West team. Who's recently rose the emergence with the arrival of a new quarterback, the Denver Broncos. They've had talent at every other spot except the quarterback spot. Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke just weren't getting it done. And I believe that was a main contributor as as to why they weren't able to make the playoffs. And, you know, do well, they didn't make the playoffs. I believe that was the main contributor to it. I believe they had bad quarterback play, and that count compounded every other issue they might have had. They have a solid defense, an underrated defense, to say the least. And Patrick Sertan, he's an up-and-coming riser for me. I believe he'll be a top-five corner sooner rather than later. That's how much I believe in him. And they still have other pieces around, but the main thing is the offense. They have Cortland Sutton. They have Jerry Judy. They have... Who's the guy out of Pennsylvania? KJ Hamler. 
they have those three pieces surrounding it. And they have, I want to say, Javante Williams, the running back. Yeah. Underrated, I believe. Russell Wilson coming in, being the stud that he is. Up there in age, but still competent enough to, you know, play the quarterback spot. What is he, 30-something? He's in his early 30s. I just can't recall. I believe so, yes. So he still has time on his side, and he's a competent quarterback from the pocket. I believe he will be able to throw the ball to his danger men, also known as his wide receivers, and be able to be to lead this team close to the playoffs. I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs because the AFC West just got dangerous all of a sudden. So it's going to be a literal fight to see who will win. So, but other than that, I believe that they took a major step in trading away their other quarter, their other quarterback to get Andrew Luck there, and having to sacrifice their tight end. No offense to do it. Mm. So funny you mentioned Denver because uh, they're my number eight. Ooh, and uh, I agree with what you just said. But another thing that you can't count out is uh, Randy Gregory, his addition. They pay yeah. the big bucks for him. Let's see if he can, uh, you know, if he can make an impact. Javante Williams is due. You know, he's going to have a breakout year. And Melvin Gordon behind him is – that's just an insane duo. And mm-hmm. Russ, he – you know, everyone says Russ likes to cook, but he's got some stellar ingredients. Portland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler – those are four darn good receivers. And even without Noah Fant, you still have Albert O. You know, that's what the Denver fans call him. You know, at tight end. And the rookie, Greg Dulcich. The O-line's pretty darn good, too. The defense has some strong pieces like Bradley Chubb, Josie Jewell, Randy Gregory. And, of course, who could forget Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. And th- their defensive backfield's pretty scary. Like I said, Sertan, Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Ronald Darby, Kawan mm-hmm. Williams. That's that is what you need in a loaded AFC uh West. Not yeah. to mention their linebackers like Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. You know, mm-hmm. those those guys underrated but pretty good. And on the line, you know, like like Bradley Chubb, uh, Draymond Jones, very underrated. He's a I I don't know, just you know, I, I'm putting Denver at eight, but it's just I don't like their defense, especially like in on the line, is kind of lackluster. I mean, not their defense as a whole, I mean, like just the pass rush. I mean, outside of Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, the, the cover's kind of bare, but yeah. I, I'm sure the offense can outweigh that. In the AFC West, we will see. Because it's not like they got weaker. Yeah, ways that let me put it to you that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but I actually contemplated putting like all the AFC West teams on here, but I was like, that just seems favoritism, and so I had to exclude one of them. And yeah, I did too, and I I feel like it's going to be the same. Yes. Yeah. I'm still debating it. That's the crazy thing. All right, my number eight team is the Baltimore Ravens. I knew they'd be somewhere. They're not top five. Okay, that's fair. But they are a top ten team. When you look at the team up to bottom, they are a top ten team. They just don't look that fit, like they don't look like appealing visually because they don't have like those sexy picks at wide receiver or whatever. But if you look at the team, we have Lamar Jackson, all pro, Mark Andrews. I want to say pro bowler. He should be an all pro. Hey, he should Ronnie be. Stanley. Ronnie Stanley, all pro. Kevin Seitler, 
stud stud right guard, Tyler Lindenbaum, our rookie center, who's supposed to be a decade like type prospect, a once in a decade time prospect. You didn't even like him when he was drafted. Come on. Because you know why I didn't like it. Yeah, not, I, I know why I didn't, but still. It's not because I hated him. It's not because I hated him. It's because I'm late, later. I, I, I know, I know. I, yeah, I, I miss I was, but as good as the offense looks, and I agree with people saying our wide receiver group looks a little bare to say the least, but I believe in the upside of Rashad Bateman, and I believe in uh, James Prochet manning the slot just as good as anybody. He just doesn't have the reps or the opportunities that were given to him. But I believe Rashad Bateman would be an up-and-coming riser. And then when I look at that defense, oh, boy. That defense turned out something special. Let's talk about the rookie Kyle Hamilton. All-American stud fell to us at number 14. I was happy about that. I was very upset that we had to give up uh, Hollywood Brown to do it. But, hey, he said he didn't want to be here. But congratulations to Marquise Hollywood Brown. I hope for success in, in his future endeavors in Arizona with Kyler Murray, who just got paid. Speaking of which, Lamar Jackson needs to get paid sooner rather than later. And hopefully they don't have to tell Lamar Jackson to watch film in his contract. They probably won't. They probably won't because I I believe, I know Lamar watches film. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at the secondary, not just Kyle Hamilton, but you also have Marcus Williams, a a top 10 safety in the league in his own right. Then you have Marlon Humphrey, a top five corner in his own right. Marcus Peters, an arguable top 10 to 15 cornerback in his own right when healthy. The only scratching marks that you have against our team as far as the defense is linebacker, but we have Patrick Cohen in his third year up and rising, took improvements from his rookie season and has been improving at a steadily rate. So I'm not really worried about that. And then the D-line, we just got Helton. We just got, I want to say younger with Justin Matabuke, who's an up-and-coming guy himself, I believe, in his stock heavily, I believe. It will take reps away from Brandon Williams. We just got Mark Michael Pierce back from Minnesota, so he'll be a run-stuffing monster. And then Calais Campbell will be just fine man in the middle. But then when I look at the edge, I believe Odafi will be on one side and Justin Houston will be on the other. It won't be Ojabo because I don't believe he'll play this year, but if he is somehow healthy enough to play this year, watch out because he is a stud. All around from top to bottom in the AFC North, when you have to like defend the pass as well as the run. I don't believe there's any other team in the AFC North that is able to do that defensively like the Ravens. True, true. All right, I'm going to come clean. They're not in my top 10, but to be fair, they are my number 11. I I was going to put them. I I thought about it. Like I said, it's just the receiver room and kind of the D-line I'm not a fan of. And I know you have Michael Pierce and Calais Campbell, but they are getting up there in age. And Odafe Owe is going to need to take a much larger role. Also, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Justin Matabuke either. You also have Tyus Bowser, who's listed as a starter on your ESPN depth chart, which he's in. Yeah. So he can't be a starter. Well, this is just like how it is, like what I'm looking at now. But I mean, yeah. And plus, you have Josh Bynes at linebacker, probably backing up Patrick Queen. But it's like, I mean, you guys should be fine. You should. Mm-hmm. You know, barring, you know, injuries and such. My ideal scenario is for them to run like a three safety like type of defense with one of them lining up in, in a nickel linebacker role. 
that's my yeah. ideal situation. And I believe Kyle Hamilton would have the skill set yeah. to do because he could just be in the box and mm-hmm. he could be up on tight ends because he has the length and the size to do it. And he could do it just fine. So if they want to run it like that, I believe that'd be the ideal scenario. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, like I said, they just missed out on top 10 for me. I'm not, so I'm not disrespecting them in any way. I'm just saying. It's just how we value teams. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. So now I guess we're going on to my number seven. Yep. My number seven is the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. Now just hear me out. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize. Now I know the quarterback's a question mark. But a lot of people don't realize how loaded this team is. Running back, you have Elijah Mitchell and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who's going to be scary, as well as Trey Sermon. Yes. And wide receivers, you got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and other guys like Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod. Now, let me tell you something about Ayuk. You know why we haven't seen uh, him that much? Because Kyle Shanahan doesn't know how to use him. You know it. I know it. The 49ers fans, they know it too. You said Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. They they just they don't know how to use him. And the fact he's underutilized is a crime. But but he helps the roster on paper. That is well I'll say. Mm-hmm. You got George Kittle come back at tight end. You know he's gonna want a revenge tour. And this yeah. line, this line is pretty good. You know, bookended by uh Trent Williams and yep. Mike McGlinchey. And mm-hmm. the defense. Listen to this D-line. D Ford. Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, and Eric Armstead. They're releasing D D Ford. Oh, they are, are they? Well, he's yeah. still listed here. But either way, you still have Samson Ebucom too, and the rookie Drake Jackson. So does it really matter that much? And and a linebacker, you have the underrated Dre Greenlaw and the beast known as Fred Warner. Now, mm-hmm. the defensive back room, very yeah. unproven, but if the dice rolls in a certain – that's why they're a little low for me. One, because quarterback, two, because of DBs. But if but if the dice, you know, land favorably, that could be good. You got Travarius Ward, who was like corner one for the Chiefs, and uh, you got Jimmy Ward back there. He's pretty good too. And, and so you were asking me who I valued more, Lance or Garoppolo. I feel Lance has – I mean, I suppose – I Garoppolo by a hair because Lance is the true wild card. He his ceiling is infinitely higher than Garoppolo's. However, his floor is probably the lowest, you know, among the top five quarterbacks that were drafted, you mm-hmm. know, in his class. He his ceiling is insane, but the floor is it's not very good. And when you when you think about it, you we have heard reports from the Niners saying how they expected more from him, but The way I see it is that I'm not a fan, I'll admit, but on the flip side, he has too many weapons not to fail. I mean, he has too many weapons to fail, you know? Mm -hmm. You you have Samuel, who who I would wager would be back, you know, just because, like, he'd probably have to suck it up, you know, and play through. You you got Ayuk, and you have Kittle, and you have Elijah Mitchell in the running game. Like, he's got a lot of weapons, and his future is solely up to him. I know he's a competitor, let's just – but. If he were more proven, I would have the Niners up probably a few spots, but but I think seven anywhere from like that seven to ten range is fair. Yeah, my only issue is will Debo Samuels play, which I believe he will, but I'm still iffy on because you know he's holding out. And two is Trey Lance. Since they're moving with Trey Lance, I hope they 
he showed them something that made them be like, that's it. He's our guy. And we're moving forward with him instead of saying, let's hope for the best. And if everything falls short, we can hope for Jimmy Garoppolo to stay and help us win this thing. I, it just, something feels wrong here. Uh huh. Hopefully it's just a bad gut feeling. It's just my gut feeling, but Trey Lance, he should be taking over with confidence, but I don't like, sometimes you'll see throws he'll make where he's like, Oh my God. But sometimes you just don't see much from it to make you feel confident in his ability to 100% take the job away from Jimmy Garoppolo, which is concerning to me because it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo paid, played like his 2019 form. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, all right, let's see what he can do now that he's given the full playbook in Arsenal. I hope he does well because that team, watch out. Uh, Jeff Medeiros, friend of the show, said, the most important position on the Ravens, strength and conditioning coach. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. I can't even be mad at that. We lost, like, so many players just because a strength and conditioning coach screwed us over. But Do you have a new one? or Yeah, we got a new one. We fired Okay, good, good, yeah. good. I'm not dealing with that again. We lost Gus Edwards and, and Dobbins and Peters. No, and I'm, I'm just three. talking about them one day. Back-to-back, oh. we lost Gus, Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters the same day, in the same practice, at the same time. Like, back-to-back. I was like, both ACLs. And I was like, get rid of this strength and conditioning coach. He'll mm. kill us. Next thing you know, Justice Hill goes down. J.K. Dobbins goes down. My running back core is reduced to ashes. Unbelievable. But anyway, I digress. What is it? The number 17? Yes, seven. Yes, yes. Uh, the number 17 is the San Francisco 49. I mean, not San Francisco 49. Hey, oh. No, no, no. The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. Sorry. Now, they probably would have been higher, but since Jesse Bates is intent on like staying out of training camp until they get a get a deal done, that's the standpoint he's taken, and he's stood he stood foot on that. And I don't think he'll show up to training camp, and he's not going to sign that transition tag. So I think it's just at a standstill at this point. I don't understand why Cincinnati won't resign this guy and make him like one of the highest paid safeties in the league, unless his numbers like astronomically ridiculous like quarterback money if he just wants to be the top safety paid in the league just bite the bullet because your defense severely needs it when you have that burnt piece of toast eli apple on it <laughs> this guy right here if i'm jesse bates i want to get paid as the highest paid safety in the league because i have eli apple on my team i deserve it i make him look good but again they have the defense i digress Let's talk about Cincinnati. That offense is unbelievable. Their wide receiver court is top three with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Then you add to the fact that they have Joe Burrow, or as we all like to call him, Joe Shiesty. Yeah, I don't like to call him that. Yep, I, I, I don't like calling him that, but he deserves it after making a Super Bowl appearance. He does deserve it. After 30 years of negligence, they actually made it to the Super Bowl. So congratulations to them. I believe that offense just took a major upgrade with the, the signing of Lyle Collins. 
he was a major upgrade from what they previous had previously had. The signing of Trey Hendricks last season was a huge signing for them and one of the key pieces on defense. Chidobi Awuzi showed flashes here or there. And even Eli Apple played some great football every now and then. Not often, but every now and then. So the reigning AFC champions have, an, have a team that could potentially win the Super Bowl because they almost did it last year if, you know, Eli Apple didn't get burnt like a piece of toast. But, again, I, neither here nor there. So they still have the they still have a top seven team or, yeah, top seven team. They just need to improve on that and just look as good as they did last year, and I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you, and I think you are correct. So my number six, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, everyone knows Patrick Mahomes, right? We know him. We have mixed feelings on him. But, you know, but hey, he's, he's you know, like a top two quarterback. So Or maybe top three if you're not feeling generous. The running game should be better. You have Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon. But good Lord, this receiver court, like, it looks a lot less scary without Tyreek Hill. You have Juju coming off an injury. You have Miko yep. Hardman, who never should have been drafted in the second round. And uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's never been anything more than a wide receiver three. And, of course, you know you have Travis Kelsey to throw to. He's a big reason why the Chiefs are up. But the O-line. Listen to this O-line. Andrew Wiley, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Orlando Brown, and Joe Tooney. I'll say Orlando Brown. They still haven't signed that. Yeah, they haven't signed him either. No, I can't even include him yet. Yeah. But either way, guys like Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey on that O-line, like Mahomes has like some of the best protection in the league. And the defense got a little bit better too. You know, you got George Karloftis, Derek Nadi, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark on the line. You have Nick Bolton at at linebacker, and other guys too, like Willie Gay and Jermaine Carter. They drafted Trent McDuffie in the first round, who I'm upset with. I wanted him at 21, but no, no, no. Bill must always trade back. You got Justin Reed from Houston. You have your own safety, Juan Thornhill, and your other corner, too, Legereus Sneed. Despite the lack of Tyreek Hill, this is still a good team. But Tyreek Hill, you know, he's the difference maker. He takes the top off the defense. You have to respect him. And without him, you can imagine now they can – Teams could finally afford to double Travis Kelsey on every play. And like, and it's these little minute details that really set you back. But still, I would say that number six is a fair spot for Kansas City. Yeah. I have them a little higher, but more or less around the same spot as you do. I think mm-hmm. Kansas City is tricky to deal with. It depends on how much you believe in the offense surrounding Patrick Mahomes and how good of a play caller you think Andy Reid is. I think that's the difference. That that'll make it from them being the number, like winning the division or not making the playoffs at all. In my eyes. Huh. All right. So uh, who's your number six? Before we get started, uh, I believe Adam said the Chiefs will be more balanced than in years past. No, which is that, that's fair. Yeah, I, considering how good the offense has been and how average the defense has been i believe they did upgrade the defense so that is a fair point but my number 16 aaron Rodgers, green bay packers wait what oh yeah yeah i said 
forgive me. The Green Bay Packers are my number six team. Hmm. Explain. I be- the defense took a major step forward. I believe that offense. Not really. You don't believe the defense took a major step forward? No, I do not. Perhaps a lateral step, but a major step forward, I think, is a stretch. It, uh, the offense took a major step back with the loss of Devontae Adams. I think the only saving grace is how good you think Aaron Rodgers is with that offense, with the arrivals of Sammy Watkins and uh, Christian Watson. I'm not sure how I feel about Christian Watson. He's very hit or miss, especially in it as a wide receiver. He'll either catch a ball for a long touchdown or he'll drop it completely, which is giving me flat flashbacks of Marcus Valdez-Scantling, but again. I believe it's called the Deontay Johnson syndrome. Sorry, Steelers fans. <laughs> yeah, but it, anyway, uh, I believe the play calling of their uh, – who's their – I can't – Coach? Think, yeah, of their coach. Oh, yeah, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. If <laughs> Matt LaFleur would do good for Aaron Rodgers, I believe it'll be more inventive. I believe they'll do more two running back sets with AJ, uh, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, one being in the slot, one being in the backfield, and you don't know who's getting the ball. I believe that could come into play, especially with how good those two running backs are. I believe which that defense upgraded their front seven. It doesn't matter how we feel about Quay. Walker, I believe it's still an upgrade from what they had previously. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not Devondre Campbell. Okay. But I believe that's something they needed. And also, Barnes is a stud. Is he? Yes, I believe, yeah. He is yeah, a, I mean, he's fast, but what else is he really? He's a surefire t- tackle. <laughs> we will see. We will see. But that defense is still good. They haven't had any major losses outside of Devon J. Campbell. And they still and have Darius Smith. Darius Smith was injured, and they still performed well. Yeah, I mean, and, and then I'm probably Gary has injury issues too. So I'm probably being a little hard on Zadarius Smith considering, you know, he yes. didn't come to Baltimore like he should have. But, again. I'm you not. had him once. You should have appreciated him then. We did. We just don't pay pass rushers. And look where that's gotten you. Same position as them. No Super Bowl rings. Yeah, uh, perhaps it would have helped, you know, but whatever. But we ha- we're fine at pass rushing. We're good. But anyway, I believe that defense will be fun- good enough to win them some games when they really shouldn't have. And I believe Aaron Rodgers will play good enough to win them some games. And so I still believe they either finish first or second in the NFC North because Chicago and Detroit, or Chicago and Detroit, not very good. So they'll probably still make the playoffs. I'm not sure if they'll be number one or number two because I think Minnesota is very good. All right. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Now, we're moving into the top five. Yep. And I have Tucker's favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals, at number five. Go ahead. And for one reason, me thinks you're underselling them. And I I get the bias. I really do. But hear me out. Joe Burrow, quarterback. We we know him. Joe Mixon, running back. He's a beast. But that trio of Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, you can make a case as the best receiver room in the league. They upgrade a tight end at Hayden Hurst. And what's their big weakness on offense? The O-line. Well, guess what? They've got Leo Collins from Dallas, 
Ted Karras from New England, and mm -hmm. Alex Kappa from Tampa. Those are all some darn good linemen, not the flashiest names, but they're going to play hard and get the job done. So, yeah, your O-line, it's fine. This is good now. And the D-line, the ever-underrated Sam Hubbard. You got DJ Reader at D-tackle. Mm -hmm. Trey Hendrickson, you know, a top-10 edge rusher. You have the up-and-coming Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt at linebacker. And mm -hmm. DB, you got guys like uh, Kadobi Awuzie, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, who still needs to be paid. Pay him, Cincy. I won't accept anything else. And, uh, and the rookie, Dax Hill. And let me tell you something about Dax Hill. I watched him play in Michigan. That guy can play anywhere. Not to mm -hmm. mention other corners like Mike Hilton and the other rookie, Cam Taylor Britt. And yes, burnt toast himself, Eli Apple. Now, quick, I'm on, on a side note here. Do you remember the Eli Apple draft when his mother was coming out talking all kinds of crap about how good her son was going to be? Yeah, I think she could probably play a better defensive back than him at this point. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop it. I, as much as I want to savagely ruin Eli Apple, he is still a cornerback in this league. Let's just give him some credit. Yeah, I mean, yeah fair enough. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, but I mean, but, but the defense got a lot better. You know, they addressed the secondary and mm -hmm. they, they addressed the O-line. So they they went into this offseason with two big weaknesses and they effectively fixed both. We'll see how well that holds up in a dangerous NFC North. But on paper, this is a top five team. I know you don't like it, Justin, but but I mean, I'm just going off what I've seen and what I know can be. Yeah, I've seen it too. And they are a good team. The question is, will it be completed as a top five team with Jesse Bates? We'll Ooh, see. Yeah. I'm banking on Bates's return, but we don't really know for sure now, do we? If he's not return, if he doesn't return, then you're going to have to rely on Dax Daxton Hill, which isn't the worst. Yeah, but he's still a rookie. You don't but want to a rookie too much. Yeah. Unless all of a sudden he just becomes this all-world stud. Yeah. <sighs> number five. I am taking a tremendous gamble with this number five. But oh god, I I'm scared. Coming from the AFC West, the LA Chargers. Huh. Granted, they did not make the playoffs. Granted, they were close. Granted, they couldn't get the job done. And granted, they did not trust the other team to do the right thing when they should have. <laughs> But overall, when you look at this team, top from bottom, well, top to bottom, they are, without question, talent-wise, a top five, if not top ten. Herbert as their quarterback, Eckler as their running back, Keenan Allen, Slayer as their wide receiver, Mike Williams, who just got paid, their other wide receiver, Guyton, another wide receiver, then their defense. If their defense can stay healthy, they're top five. You have Asante Samuel Jr., you have Derwin James, you have Joey Bosa, you have Khalil Mack, you have names out the wazoo, and you have a head coach that is willing to take risks. When you have all those things combined, I believe that team will take another step forward into making the playoffs. Now, will they, depending on how far they go, neither here nor there because it's still Justin Herbert's first time in the playoffs, but I believe in this team well enough to know or believe that they will be a playoff team, and with the potential bodies that they have all around, oh, yeah, they're a stud team. I just hope their defense can stay healthy because it can't always stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Mm -hmm. 
So I agree with everything you said, which is why the Chargers are actually my number four team. Mm-hmm. Now, some teams look at it. Some people look at it of what teams can become. I respect that, but we don't know really, which is why I like to look at it on paper. And on paper, holy crap! Like mm-hmm. you said, Tuck, names out the wazoo. You have Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, the rookie Isaiah Spiller, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer. They got Gerald Everett in free agency. They have Donald Parham backing him up. And you have guys like Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, and the rookie Zion Johnson on the O-line. And on defense, you've got Sebastian Joseph Day, who you just signed, Cleo Mack, you just traded for, guys like Kenneth Murray and Joey Bosa. You signed J.C. Jackson for agency, and you still have Asante Samuel, Derwin James, and the ever-underrated uh, Nasir Adderley. Mm-hmm. So, just wow. Names wow. Names on top of names. When it comes to name, when it comes to just the name value alone, Chargers are top five, end of discussion. Which is why, like I said, I'm not – this isn't a projection. This is just like rosters. Mm -hmm. When I look at this roster top to bottom, like when when I look at – where they're weak at beside injuries, like position-wise, they're not weak anywhere. And they still have – and we didn't even talk about J.C. Jackson. Mm, Yeah, that's a – yeah, that's going to be a scary Hmm? Imagine Asante Samuels and J.C. Jackson on the same team now. And they just want to, but... the line. They have Corey Lindsey, Zion, Zion Johnson, and Rashawn Slater. My God, that left side has now been shored up, and Justin Hurd's blind side is now protected for good. I don't see how anyone's going to get past that line if Zion Johnson pans out like he should. Mm-hmm. He was a stud at Boston College, and he, with the right coaching, he'll be a stud in the league. Yeah, I agree. Jeez. So who's your number four? <sighs> are you okay? <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are my number four. Oh, healthy debate never hurt anyone. Come on, don't sigh. It's not – the only problem is Tyreek Hill's not there anymore. Otherwise, they'd be top three for sure. But the loss of Tyreek Hill will have an effect on the team in the beginning because they're trying to figure out who can take over that role. And the best I've gotten was Nicole Hardman because of his ability to pump return and his occasional ability to catch the ball and run after the catch. I don't think he can do all the things Tyreek Hill can do, but I believe he'll take a major step forward in trying to replace some of the things he could do. And when I think of Juju Smith-Schuster, is he his rookie season or his second season? No. But he's still a reliable receiver. I don't know what happened from him from like year two to year three, but he's still uh, a injuries player. really. He was hurt all last year. Yeah. If he can stay healthy and and be on the team and be on the field, he'll be a reliable receiver and still be able to be a productive wide receiver. Marquez Valdez Scanley, the deep threat, Mr. 50 50 himself, ask Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He'll have a play that'll make you pound the desk in fury because he just dropped an easy touchdown. And then he'll have like a 50-yard touchdown. And you're like, okay, that's what he's here for. And plus, when you have Clyde out with Tolaire, Jarek McKinnon, and that whole backfield, I'm not worried about the run game. My only issue is, again, the loss of Tyree Kill and what they're doing at left tackle because Orlando Brown still hasn't been re-signed. That needs to be 
fixed if soon if not immediately but other than that they look good i just wish that andy reed i just wish that orlando brown would get paid outside of that i trust andy reed to coach this offense up because of the way he's been calling plays all this time they haven't really dropped down that much and i believe they'll continue to move forward yeah i i hear you i i hear you i uh you know, I was a little harsh with the Chiefs, but, you know, like, like I said, that's okay. It's, we're allowed to differ. That's what makes the show. Mm-hmm. But we're moving into the top three. And my oh, number three, and this is a Pats fan hurts me, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Josh Allen is a top five quarterback. Sorry, yeah. Justin. Not, but not, he is. And you're right or wrong. I'm just saying he's left out of mind. <laughs> yeah. Running backs, you know, I wasn't impressed their running back room, but I do think the addition of James Cook will help a lot. Furthermore, you have Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Jameson Crowder, wide receiver, along with Isaiah McKenzie and the rookie Khalil Shakur. And uh, and on top of that, a little Tavon Austin for good luck. And you, you got Dawson Knox and O.J. Howard at tight end and the rookie Jalen Weidermeyer. And this O-line with Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, and Spencer Brown? Yeah, that's pretty solid, I would dare say. But let's face it. We all love Allen and Diggs, but the real the real meat of this team comes on the defense. Where you got Greg Rousseau and Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, the newly signed Von Miller, a newly healthy Tredavious White, the best safety oh. duo in the league. Uh, wait, what? Well, to, first off, the best safety duo is very questionable. And is Tredavious White even healthy right now? Probably. Anyway, so, and I do, and as a Pats fan, I said, I don't like to say it, but the best duo of safeties in the league with Poyer and Hyde and the rookie Kair Elam. And of course, you got Taron Johnson in the slot. So, Mm This is a scary team, a scary, scary, scary team. And after what happened to them last season, we know good and darn well they're going to be out for blood in the playoffs. Yeah, they'll be out for blood in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter if they'll – that doesn't really matter to me. What matters is what I see on the paper right now. We'll see what they do on the field. But when I see – And what's on paper is pretty good, I dare say. I agree. That's why they made my top three as well. Hey. I mean, I th- they were an obvious pick. Mm-hmm. So who's your number three? My my number three is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Interesting. Explain. Tom Brady, all-time great. Greatest of all time. No debate there. Left tackle. Don- Donovan Smith. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Serviceable for what he does. Keeps Tom Brady safe. Keeps him upright. Tristan Werps, all pro right tackle, stud, unbelievable. They just got Shaq Mason at their guard position from. Don't remind me. <laughs> they just got Shaq Mason from New England, so that'll show up their guard spot that ju- they just lost in what? Alex Kappa. So that'll mm-hmm. show that up. Uh, Ryan Jensen, their center, former Raven, plays like a Raven. See how that works. <laughs> unbelievable, ferocious as a center. Always making sure Tom Brady is clean to make sure he can get the ball out. Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, I hope is healthy. I'm not sure if he is, but it, hopefully he will be healthy. But let's talk about that defense. 
they just lost in Dominican Sue, but they still have Vita Via Vea, ungodly strong at D tackle. They still have who's the corner? Carl Davis. They still have I wanna say why am I blanking on names all of a sudden when I get to the Buccaneers? Wait, the other corner? Yeah, the or, other the other corner and I'm oh, looking at right now Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean, and then there's the safety. Winfield? Yeah, Winfield. Antoine Winfield. Which is a very good secondary, to say the least. They may be aggressive at times, which is what cost them against the Rams, because you put Woodfield on Cooper Cup. Guess who's gonna win that who's gonna win that race? And so that's what happened. But other than that, they're just a very aggressive secondary, which is good when you have a very aggressive front seven, which they do. Josh Tryon, the rookie out of Washington, took will take a step up this year. I like the production that he gave last year. And I believe Tom Brady will continue to be the Tom Brady of old and will keep this team afloat and make the playoffs. How well they will they do in the playoffs? We'll see. Hmm. Yeah, all valid points, all valid points, which is why, ironically, I have Tampa at, at number two. Now, you may remember for our, from our quarterback ranking video, I said Tom Brady's the best quarterback in the league, and I stand by that still. You have Leonard Fournette, right? You know, he might, you know, we don't know his condition, but he'll probably be good to start the season. You got Rashad White, who you just drafted as well. And but the receiver room of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage, and we had, haven't even touched on. They just signed Julio Jones in free agency, and they also have yeah. guys like uh, Scotty Miller as well and Rashad Perriman. Don't bring up Rashad Perriman. Don't do that. Oh yeah, right. But I mean, you have six serviceable receivers. Dang mm-hmm. Brady, how many do you need? And they have Cameron Braid at tight end with Kyle Rudolph as a possible backup. An O line that features Aaron. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Aaron Stinney, who is good. You know, he's all right. Same with Donovan Smith. But mm-hmm. the but from the center to the right, with Ryan Jensen, Shaq Mason, and Tristan Wirfs, that right side is going to be darn near impenetrable. And when mm-hmm. you look at that defense, you have the rookie, Logan Hall, and it, it probably the tackles, Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea. And, you know, you got Joe Tryon, but you also have guys like Shaq Barrett. And not to mention the linebackers, Devin White and Levante David. Yep. In a corner room, which you mentioned Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, we also have the rookie Zion McCollum and Sean Murphy Bunting. And you mentioned Antoine Winfield, but you didn't mention their strong safety, Logan Ryan. Mm-hmm. This, this team is darn good from top to bottom. It's just, I don't know. I don't really care for their right end, William Golston. Uh, a lot is going to ride on Joe Tryon Shoyanka's production. Yep. And uh, can Russell Gage be a solid wide receiver three? Hopefully. Yep. And uh, but but yeah yeah yeah. There's a, there's a lot of roster turnover, but they're still just as good as where they were. And I but they just don't have that oomph, that little bit of extra mm. magic star power as my number one. So Justin, mm. who's your number two? My number two is the Buffalo Bills. We know it. Justin, Josh Allen, whether you how you feel about him top five or not, is indifferent. He's still one hell of a quarterback. You you have uh, Stephon Diggs, top ten wide receiver. That's for damn sure. You have the running game that I believe will get better this year. Then that defense, even though Von Miller's up there in age, just watch what what he did in the Super Bowl. He can still get after the quarterback. They still have uh, Matt Milano, Trey uh, Trey Edmonds, and 
a myriad of other pieces. I hope Jadavius White is healthy. I hope. Otherwise, that secondary is a little bit up at stakes. But again, they have a good secondary tandem in Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde. And they're nothing to sleep on at all. That offense is tough. And they... Josh Allen is just unbelievable if you watched him against the Chiefs in the divisional round. Gabriel Davis tore that team apart. Eight, I want to say eight catches, 204 yards, and four touchdowns. Something like that. And he's the wide receiver, too. And they had, I want to say, Emmanuel Sanders as the wide receiver, three. I don't recall. I, I, I'm not I sure if he's still there. there. I'm not sure if he's still there or not, but if he is, holy heck, that's a tough tr- to beat. Oh, wait, no, Cole Beasley is gone, but Jamison Crowder will fill in right there. Yeah. If Jamison Crowder can fill in, that is a good number wide receiver three. And Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He'll make the insane possible with his arm and his legs, and he'll take another step forward and hopefully make it back to the AFC Championship game. That's just tough to beat. Yeah. So, Justin, yeah. we've gotten to num- the number one. Yeah. And I think it's we have the same one. You want to say it on three? Yeah, let's get right, it. One, two, three. The Rams. Wait, yeah. oh, you didn't do it, but yeah. I was about to say the Los Angeles Rams, but you. Oh well, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's the Rams. It's the Rams, without question. They're the Super Bowl champions. They're the one that have the most pieces around their quarterback. They have an amazing offense, an amazing play scheme, and amazing defense. Yeah. Now we like to talk about names, but this this look at that defense. They have a star on every level. They have Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey, and that mm-hmm. offense. You have the Super Bowl champ Matt Stafford with Offensive Player of the Year Cooper Cup, not to mention Allen Robinson too, and mm-hmm. and you also have uh, Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers in the running game. Very very formidable. And what's scary about them is you. And I both know every year the Super Bowl champs experience some form of roster turnover. A lot of good players finally got their rings and said, okay, now it's time for me to get paid. Yep. But no, this is one of those really rare cases where not only did the Super Bowl champs like retain a lot of their pieces, but they outright got better. <laughs> yeah. And that's the scary part. And that's why some, maybe not myself, but some – have them as uh, favorites for the Super Bowl next season. Mm-hmm. They won the Super Bowl and replaced players that are potentially better at their position. They got rid of Robert Williams for a six-round pick and got Allen Robinson. Yeah, that'll do. Cam Akers is coming back healthy after his season where he still won the Super Bowl with them after a phenomenal recovery from his ACL injury. I don't know how he did that, but that was amazing. That defense, my God, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner. Names on top of names on top of names. All pro talent, not just pro bowl talent, all pro talent on every single level. And they have a Super Bowl winning coach in Sean McVay with his play calling. Yeah, they're the number one team. They're the team to beat. And I don't see that changing moving forward unless they have like a skid, like a three-game losing streak. But they could still win the Super Bowl like they did last year. 
that team is unbelievable. And their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, turned a lot of people's heads when he got the monkey off his back by not only winning a playoff game, but winning a Super Bowl. So that curse in – oh, my God, that curse in Detroit, that's not fair. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of the Detroit fans are, in fact, happy, but you – know. Yeah. But that team is phenomenal. Congratulations to the Super Bowl Rams, and we will be right back with the Fumaruski fan box. This has been the Fumaruski podcast. Welcome back to the Formal Rescue Podcast. I am your wonderful host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, CJ Medeiros. It is that time when we talk about the Formal Rescue Fan Box. Today's topic will be... Give me a second. <sighs> Who's the most underrated team going into the 2022 NFL season? Sorry, that took forever to find. We asked you questions, and hopefully you guys answer it. Let's see. Which you guys have first is Stephen Parker, the Jets and the Lions. Uh, mm. I, I, uh, I mean, they definitely made some upgrades this season through free agency and the draft, but their ceiling at best is like five hundred. No, I believe so. I don't get well, wrong. Like, I like the things that the Jets were doing, and I like the progression I saw from the Lions later on in the season and their draft picks with Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams, but. I, I just see 500 out of them right now. And that's looking on the bright side because hmm. the AFC is tough and the Lions just aren't there yet, I believe, talent-wise. Also, not to mention the Jets. I mean, they did a lot of good, but do you really see them coming out of the AFC East? I mean, no. You know, you got the Bills, the Dolphins, the Pats. I don't know. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Grayson Mortimer said the Colts. Yeah, that's a team I haven't heard from this offseason a lot, even though they just yeah. potentially upgraded that quarterback with Matt Ryan. Yeah, 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 they totally did. And they have their own version of Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Not to mention Michael Pittman is due for a leap. And that defense is insane. You know, with a they got guys like Stephon Gilmore on there. Yeah. And Unique Ngakwe, who they traded for. So th- there's no reason to believe that. Indy won't make it out of the South, and yet they're still underrated. How about that? They always go under the radar for some reason or not. It may be because of name brand, but when you look at the team top yeah. bottom, oh, yeah, they they have people everywhere. Cash Weathers said the Eagles, the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. Interesting yeah. combination of teams. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already touched – No, 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 we haven't. I mean, the Eagles, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you touched on the Broncos, like, because I believe they were both in our uh, top 10. Yeah. And Philly, 
That's a team whose success 100% hinges on Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. If he plays well, they go to the playoffs. If he doesn't, well, it's not going to be very pretty now, is it? Mm-hmm. Miami, I wouldn't call them underrated just because of all the buzz that's been going around them. I'm like, oh, they're a wild card for the AFC East. Like, they're just getting too much media attention, in my opinion, to be underrated. And the Vikings, well, yeah, I, I 100% agree. The Vikings are very underrated, and a lot of people believe they could maybe take that the crown from Rodgers as king of the north this season. It could potentially happen. I could see that happening, as a matter of fact, just because the the offense is not where it's supposed to be, even though I believe the defense took a step forward. The Eagles, very hit or miss. I'm not sure underrated is what I would call them because it very well hinges on Jalen Hurts to play well. So I wouldn't say underrated. The Dolphins, yeah, I wouldn't say underrated because the amount of media coverage they get. And with Tyreek Hill saying, Tua Tagovailoa is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. (sighs) He's not, but I want somebody to defend me like Tyreek Hill defends Tua Tagovailoa. Derek Howell said, no Saints. He means New Orleans, as I know. Okay. All right. Yeah, New Orleans. I agree. And we all know that they give the Bucks a rough time twice a year. But yeah. famous Jameis coming back after he was looking good last season, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot to like. Once again, this all hinges on Jameis. But if he can live up to even half of that number one overall billing, that that could make a really scary team. Not yeah. to mention Michael Thomas is coming back healthy, and they have the rookie Chris Olave. Chris Olave and Michael Thomas is going to be dangerous. If Michael Thomas comes back healthy and then Jameson Williams coming through. I mean, Jameis Winston, not Jameson Williams. Jameis Winston. Hopefully he can show form and be good. But my problem is, based off this season, he had flashes here or there. But I'm not totally convinced of him just yet. Uh, Nick Norman said the Seahawks. They just lost Russell Wilson. I don't know what's so underrated about them. I mean, I I don't I don't know how to unpack this. I really don't because underrated means a team that doesn't get talked about. That's good. Mm-hmm. You have a quarterback battle, Seahawks. That is Geno Smith and Drew Locke. No matter what happens, I, I and you just lost Chris Carson to retirement. Yep. So I, I smell five wins max. Five wins max. I'll I'll be generous and say seven seven Ooh. wins max. I'll be generous. You know, also split the difference and say six. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Zachary Stilson says Titans. It will be interesting to see how they if say how they Malik. or if they use Malik Willis. Yeah, they are kind of underrated because they were the number one seed. They were the number one seed before they got bounced out by Cincinnati. So it'll be interesting how they play this year and how they will or won't use Malik Will. Hopefully they use him the right way and he'll be the starting quarterback. But if not, mm. oh, yeah, I, I agree. I just I don't see Malik Willis starting solely because of all the money they have invested in Tannehill. But I think Malik Willis will get a shot. He deserves it, you know. My the wide receiver spot. I'm not sold on Traylon Burks right now. Because eh. he left. His I mean, first and even Robert Woods coming early. off an injury. Mm-hmm. 
but his first practice he left early and he wasn't I'm not sure the reason was but I think he wasn't feeling good because it was like his first practice in the NFL which I'm not sure if it's due to conditioning or whatnot which is a little concerning but they are an underrated team because I think all around they're good Ian Mulhern said the Panthers oh yeah Baker Baker's like once again Baker's the wild card you know yeah, I believe they – yeah, if Baker plays well, they are a playoff. Yeah. But if he doesn't, then uh, hopefully he takes this seriously. Because yeah. I, I miss the old Baker. And I'm a Ravens fan saying that. I miss the old Baker, not the one that's being disrespected the way he is. Uh, Jack Hartman said Browns, they could win the AFC North even with the – no, they cannot. I'm going to just now, get it right there. They cannot. Yeah. Now, even with uh, Bad Touch Watson uh, getting suspended for a few games, their schedule's not exactly easy. Because if I recall correctly, don't they have to, like, uh... now I believe they have to play the uh, the AFC East, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. They have to play the AFC East, and I believe they have to play the NFC East. South, which entitles the Bucks as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's going to be scary. Yeah, it's not going to. They need Deshaun Watson if they have any choice, and I'm not sure he's Deshaun Watson deserves to play this season. Mm. You're trying to tell me that team could win the AFC North without him? I doubt no. it. I no, not even me being a Ravens fan, but over Cincinnati, not no. I don't see it happening. Also, weighing in the AFC North as a Pats fan. I don't see it. I also don't see it. So, yeah, don't worry, Tucker. You're not biased. Mm-hmm. Robert Shelley, good friend of the show, said, calling it now. Falcons start Ritter. They make the playoffs. Shelley, well, if you hear this. Absolutely g- Get up from your seat and go to the corner. No. You deserve to be in timeout for yeah. saying that. And, 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 Justin, remember the draft process? I was not a fan of Ritter. Because outside of Cordero Patterson and uh, – and uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, he doesn't have really anyone to throw to. Maybe Drake London. Yeah. But I mean, but Drake London's pretty good, but he's injury prone. And their defense is like three good players max. This is this is not. No, they're not making the playoffs. I don't. Not even for a second. I had them think making the playoffs. I believe there's ten teams better than the Falcons in the NFC, mm-hmm. let alone in the whole. The whole NFL, so no, I don't believe they'll make the playoffs. Diego Huertas said, "Dolphins or Patriots?" Uh, Dolphins, I mean, no. Yeah, Patriots we talked about the Dolphins. Patriots, perhaps they haven't been getting the media attention, but and I'm gonna say this: this is a very Belichick-style roster. It's solid, but it's not exciting. You know, it's a very, and I hate to say it's kind of a boring team, but you know, it better be boring than outright suck. You know, and but but we'll see. All depends on Mac Jones' development in year two, which scares me because it's in the hands of Bill Belichick, who doesn't have an offensive background. Yeah, and uh, and we don't have any offensive coordinators either. I'd like to stop talking. (laughs) That's tough, my boy. That yeah, it is. Houston Harrison, the Miami Dolphins, again been over this major love. I'm not. No, I'm. The jury's still out on them. I'm not sure they're underrated. Nick Meyerowitz said... Wait, Nate Merowitz. I'm sorry, Merowitz said the Steelers. 
uh, Mr. AFC North, you want to take that? It depends on what you're trying to say. Them being a Super Bowl contending team, no. Them for making the playoffs, yes. Because in all of Mike Tomlin's season with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've never known a losing record. So they're always in contention to make the playoffs, no matter how good or bad they are. They just don't know how to lose, which is a good thing. So they can't. They are underrated from the standpoint of what we're expecting from them this season because everybody's just expecting them to lose dramatically. I just don't see that happening under Mike Tomlin. All right, Sean Howe said, oh my God, Sean. The Fens, as in the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. A lot, you know, a lot of people are saying the Dolphins are underrated. So if so many people say someone's underrated, does that make them overrated? I don't know. I think the Dolphins are overrated. And I really like the Dolphins' offense, too. I really like the Dolphins' whole team. But, no. There's still question marks around Tua Tagovailoa and what he can do at the quarterback spot. And, Sean, you were one of the people pounding your t- pounding the table for Deshaun Watson. I won't let that go. <laughs> Tyson Tate, a regular on the show, said, Lions, easy pick. Easy. I easy. mean – like I said, their ceiling is like 500, and I do like what they did, but I don't see them going to the playoffs. Yeah. But, but yeah, just, they, they should get better. Yeah, they should get better because they have nowhere to go but up. <laughs> that they do. Yeah. They had a tie before they had a victory. That's terrible. Hey, it could be Jacksonville. <laughs> they won and then lost the remaining 16, 15 games. That's crazy. Yeah. <sighs> Anything else you want to say before we close this out, CJ? Uh, you know what? I was going to say something, but I, I don't think so. Hmm. All right. My thing is this. I'm no longer talking about Lamar Jackson ever again. There's no point in talking about Lamar Jackson after what happened this week. I'm not oh, doing Oh, yeah. Are you talking about what that anonymous defensive coordinator said? Yes. I, <laughs> that's not happening. I'm, hey, uh, all right. So for those – hold on, hold on. I want to say it because – for those who don't know, uh, an anonymous NFL coordinator was NFL defensive coordinator was interviewed, and he uh, basically said something along the lines of Lamar Jackson could win twelve MVPs, and I would never have him QB one. And that's just disrespectful, really. Yeah. It- I don't understand what they're trying to say by this. I guess no matter what he does, he'll never be a quarterback in their eyes, which is stupid. Because if Lamar Jackson wins 12 MVPs, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, bar none. He might be first or second, depending on what he does the rest of his career, if he wins 12 MVPs. That's just crazy to me. And for somebody to come out there and say it is like, all right, I've had enough. I'm not – defending Lamar Jackson anymore. I'm not even talking Lamar Jackson anymore because there's no point if we have people out there like that who have NFL jobs saying things like this. This has been a thing Lamar Jackson's been trying to go against since his draft in 2018. Mm -hmm. It's beyond ridiculous. And to be honest, he shouldn't have to deal with continually deal with this, but it is what it is. But with that said, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays at 730 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have 
have all our episodes on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at Fumbaruski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.